Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, it's all about business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You are on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomkline.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you'll not want to miss. So let's get right to it. I am thrilled, absolutely thrilled to be joined by Brian Clayton, who is the Chief Executive Officer at GreenPal. And GreenPal is connecting you with that perfect lawn pro, a challenge that we have all faced. So Brian, a true entrepreneur behind every successful business, there is a successful entrepreneur. Behind every successful entrepreneur, there is a remarkable story. I know yours is no different. Brian, welcome to the program. Shalom. Thanks for having me on. Great to be here. It's great to have you. So again, your story, tell us a little bit of how your uh, adventure took you to develop a lawn care app and platform. Yeah, so rewind 23, four years ago, I was a teenager and my dad busted in my room. He said, hey, quit playing Nintendo. You've got a job to do. You're going to go mow the neighbor's yard. He made me go cut the neighbor's grass. And luckily he did because something about that just stuck with me. I made like 20 bucks and I thought, wow, I don't have to hassle my mom and dad for money anymore. I can just like do this and make money. This is great. And I remember the first thing I did is uh, I, I went back to my computer and started making up little flyers and passing them all over the neighborhood. And by the end of that first summer, I had like 20 customers in the neighborhood I was mowing yards for. That just stuck with me. And I kept cutting grass all through high school and all through college. And when I graduated college, I had to make a decision. Was I going to go into the job market and basically take a pay cut or stick with this lawn mowing business? Didn't really want to be a lawn guy my whole life, but I decided, hey, let's see how far I can take this. And over a 15-year period of time, I was able to little by little grow that into a real company with over 150 employees, got it eventually over $10 million a year in annual revenue. And in 2013, the business was acquired by one of the largest landscaping companies in the United States. So growing that business just from me and a push mower to me and like 90 trucks going out every day, I, I learned the hard way about how to get a business going from scratch. And uh, after I sold that business, I took some time off and I figured, what do I, what do I want to do, do now? And uh, the idea for GreenPal, the company I'm working on now, was just one that was really clear to me. I, I knew an app needed to exist like Uber or Airbnb or Instacart, but for the lawn mowing business. And so I set out and recruited two co-founders and we started working on GreenPal, which is kind of like the Uber for lawn mowing. 
been at this business for eight years. We're an eight-year overnight success. The first two or three years getting this company going were really, really tough, but we just stuck with it. Now here we are, several hundred thousand people using the app, doing $20 million a year in revenue. It's awesome. And so when people uh, click that button and they download the app, they go to GreenPal. I know they press the button and magically Brian Clayton shows up to Mother Lawn. No, I'm That's just right. kidding. That's the, <laughs> I'm there. That's the <laughs> Is Brian, you have scaled this at such a level, um, which is awesome. And not only are you helping people with that with that unique challenge, again, making sure that uh, that that lawn care quality lawn care might I add, um, but you're creating jobs and you're creating a you know an entrepreneurship platform, um, which is absolutely awesome. So let's talk about that entrepreneurship piece for a second. Tell us what you know now that you wish you knew when you got started. Tell us about the challenges putting the lawn care aside. But growing a business. Yeah, you know, uh, looking back over 20 years, one thing that's made sense to me is, is just like looking at it, just like working through the levels, working through the levels of entrepreneurship, almost like a video game, and just really focusing on one level at a time and not getting too worried about levels that really don't matter at that stage of the game. And so like level one, this might be get your first thousand or two thousand dollars a month in revenue and, and just get that going. And level two might be hiring your first employee. And then level three might be building a sales process and this and so on, like just focused on one level at a time knock out the challenges at that level, get through that stage, and then focus everything on the next level. Um, that's something that's just kind of stood out to me 20 years of business, where at, at points of uh, in the journey, I would be worried about things that wouldn't matter. Like, uh, for instance, starting GreenPal, we, we obsessed over like what our brand was and what the mascot looked like and what the color tone was. And like, we spent way too long worried about that kind of thing when we just needed a hundred people to use the app that we had built. And so we, after like wasting time on things that didn't matter, that really applied to a different level of the game, we decided, okay, we need a hundred people to use this thing. Let's go pass out some flyers. And we passed out like a hundred thousand door hangers all over Nashville, Tennessee, where we started. So I think what I learned was like focus on one level at a time, focus on the challenges in that level, get it done, and then progress to the next stage of the game. So was it after handing out those flyers, what was that moment that you realized like, hey, I'm actually on something, that that this may be something that's going to go beyond a couple of uh, awesome guys going around and mowing some lawns. This is actually scalable, and you're actually going to have a national impact. Really, really, really... uh... It was, it was little minor glimmers of hope. So when we pass out all those door hangers, we got a few hundred thousand, a few hundred people to use the thing. And we, uh, we were reading a book at the time called The Start- Startup Owner's Manual by Steve Blank. And one of the things he talks about in that book is get out of the building, talk to your customers, talk to your users, see what it is you, they want you to do, see what, where you're letting them down. And, and so we did that. And we met with as many people that would meet with us. And we kept coming across like, the app didn't deliver on the promise of push a button, get the grass cut yet. There were all kinds of things that were, that were breaking down through the process. But what we found was people were disappointed that it didn't work. People were upset that it didn't actually pan out. And and we, we took that disappointment as validation. We thought, well, Hey, you know, the, 
the long guy didn't actually show up at nine o'clock the next day like he was supposed to, but at least the person wanted it to work. So therefore, we're, we may be on to something. We should spend the next five or 10 years on this. And so just little by little celebrating those, those wins. And, and uh, I remember another moment kind of like that two years later was when uh, we were working on a Saturday, my two co-founders and I, and, and like something like 25 people signed up on a Saturday, and I didn't know who any of them were. That was a big moment where I realized, hey, this thing may be able to work. We might be able to scale this thing nationwide. And so here we are today. We're in every major city. And, and so we just kept at it. Absolutely. Now you're all growing up, which is great. And the nice thing is, again, you built the platform and long term happens to be the service, but ultimately you have built a platform. So, you know, obviously we're having this conversation um, in the still first half of 2021. So what else is possible? What are some of your goals? And five years from now in 2026, where will we see not only yourgreenpal.com, and of course, we'll send our listeners to your website, but in the world of entrepreneurship of Brian Clayton. You know, one thing that, uh, that we kind of pride ourselves in why we do what we do is, is helping small business owners double and triple their business in the first year of coming onto our platform. And so that's really how we measure all success. And so the more that we can expand on that, the more, small business owners in the landscaping industry that we can help. That's how we get uh, fulfillment. That's our purpose. That's why we do what we do. And so continuing to distribute the platform into every nook and cranny throughout the United States, you know, if you're in every major city with a sports team, with a professional sports team, you can use GreenPal. But if you're in like Billings, Montana, it may not work there yet. And so getting this thing distributed throughout all the little small towns throughout the United States is what we're working on now. And then getting it in Canada, UK, Australia, and beyond is where we want to see ourselves in five years. You know, we're doing, we've got several hundred thousand people using it right now. Uh, something like 10 or 11,000 small business owners use the platform. In five years, those numbers need to be 10 times that. And on that small business note uh, for a moment, Brian, um, any remarkable success or impact stories just that you've heard from the providers on the platform of, of you know, people that you've been able to really create an opportunity that's got to feel really good? Oh, man. I mean, that's really what, what brings me purpose. That's really what gets me going. I mean, there's, there's hundreds of them. But, uh, you know, one that sticks out is there's a lady in Atlanta, Georgia, who's a single mom who decided she was just going to start doing whatever she had to do to get in business for herself. And lawn care was one of those ideas. And so she downloaded our app and like, she might've had two or three customers um, that she was push mowing her lawns, push mowing lawns for herself. And after a year, she had something like 70 or 80 customers on our platform and three employees and, and taking home like over six figures a year in revenue. And, and she shares that story with us. We have a Facebook group that all these vendors uh, participate in. And she shares that story like, look, I bought a new, new truck and trailer and lawnmower. Thank you, GreenPal. Like, that's why we do what we do. That's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Brian Clayton, where can people learn more about the, uh, about the platform, whether they want to use your services, download the app, or of course, uh, become a provider? Yeah, life's too short to cut your own grass. So, you know, if you want to hire a lawn mowing company, don't call around on Craigslist. Don't call around on Facebook. Just download our app. You'll get hooked up with a good one in less than a minute. You can find the app in the Play Store or uh, Google App Store. Um, anybody who wants to reach me, you can hit me up on LinkedIn to shoot me a connection there and uh, shoot me a message on LinkedIn. Brian Clayton, and uh, final question, uh, do you mow your own grass or do you use the, the app as well? 
<laughs> I use the app because, quite frankly, I've mowed enough lawns in my day, thousands and thousands of them. I'd, I hate smelling like gas, and, and I hate having grass. I appreciate you. <laughs> Brian Clay, thanks for joining us on Get That Business. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to Get Down to Business. And I'm always fascinated by business stories. Um, and we talk a lot about small business, um, but certainly the world of marketing and strategy. Our organizations, the statistic is that they are spending more than $30 billion annually on strategy creation. And more than 80% of them are failing. So there's no question that many need a plan for execution. So Franklin Covey's best-selling book, The Four Disciplines of Execution, Achieving Your Wildly Important Goals, second edition was published in uh, is this month, actually, uh, by Simon & Schuster. And I'm thrilled to be joined by one of the uh, co-authors, Jim Hewling. Jim, welcome to the program. Awesome, Shalom. Thank you so much. And uh, by the way, I love the format of your program. This rapid fire really makes you do one of the things we teach in execution, which is focus. So thank you, my friend. Oh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's uh, I know in the book you talk about you know tuning out the, the the noise, cutting through the less important urgencies, and achieving the goals. That's what this show is all about. So, Jim, tell us your story for starters, and then we'll get into some of the tips and the four disciplines of execution. Sure. Um, I, I have been a part of the Franklin Covey organization for the last 13 years, Shalom, and it, it's just been a privilege to watch my company and the team I work with, as well as the whole organization, honestly, searching for a way to help people with the things that matter most. And you'll, you'll laugh, I think, when I say there's certainly no genius in the fact that one of the topics we thought would help the most people in the biggest way was to get better at execution. Um, in fact, I love the quote you opened with today. It's so true. You know, uh, everybody's got a plan. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you like this quote, but Mike Tyson used to say, everybody has a fight plan until I hit him in the face. And and I really think that's what leaders in American and worldwide business are, are struggling with today. You know, you build a strategy. Maybe you pay some high-flying consultants to help you craft an elegant or sophisticated strategy, you know, and, and you say, we've done it. We're ready. Let's go, you know, and then you walk out of your office door and try to get people to execute on that strategy. And maybe it is a little bit like getting hit in the face. So, so that's been the topic. For 13 years, uh, we've been focused really on this one thing. What makes a leader on a team or, by the way, Shalom, an individual great at executing so that in the end, they get more of the things done that really matter? Absolutely. And uh, again, I'm chatting with Jim Healing, who is uh, one of the co-authors of the Four Disciplines of Execution. And uh, I know, Jim, you worked on this book with uh, a handful of very, very talented uh, <laughs> uh, folks. And you are responsible not only, uh, obviously, in in the uh, the crafting of uh, in, in the book, uh, but also you are responsible as part of the Franklin Covey organization in uh, in teaching that methodology and the uh, and the delivery worldwide. You uh, I, we, we don't have time to go into the massive list of organizations <laughs> that you have uh, taught this practice to, um, but uh, lots of examples there. And I should mention that business is not a zero defect game over here. Bottom line, you will struggle. You will cha- You will face challenges, so it will never be perfect. The goal is always at uh, self-improvement, professional improvement, and that is true both in small business and entrepreneurship, as well as in large corporations and organizations. So let's get into those four dis- disciplines of execution. 
again, that uh, their revised updated version uh, published this month, which is super exciting. So four disciplines, what are the takeaways that our audience, business owners and executives should put into practice this week? Awesome. Shalom. Thank you so much. And by the way, not sure about the broadcast date of our of our conversation, but the book came out yesterday, that second edition. But uh, an interesting thing happened yesterday, just three seconds on it. The first edition remained the number one best-selling book in the world on Amazon under strategy. And the second edition is now its closest competitor after just two days of being live on the bookshelf. So, so we, we have a lot, of, a lot of things to be excited about. But, but in a nutshell, these four disciplines, they're really simple, really easy to understand. Shalom, they're not easy to do, but they're really easy to understand. Number one is about focus. And I, I've clearly been uh, old, uh, around longer than you have. I'm older than you are, but I think we both agree everybody struggles with focus. I mean, we live in a world that's wired for distraction, whether it's the devices we hold or the news that we watch or just the, you know, 150 things we feel like we've got to get done every day. So biggest obstacle to get over, discipline one helps you do it, focus. And what that means, honestly, is you have to decide. You have to decide the one or two things that you're going to give your finest energy and effort to. And even if you have 10, 20, 30 other things you're going to get to as much as you can, as often as you can, you've got to be able to say this one thing, this is the one that really matters so that it gets your best energy. So that's discipline one, focus on what we call the wildly important. Discipline two is about how you execute. So discipline one is about what, then discipline two is the how part. And this is really the most intriguing part of the four disciplines, Shalom. It's the thing people talk about the most. We, we have this concept that now plays itself out all over the world, that if you can identify the one or two most impactful behaviors and really hold yourself to a high standard on those, you have a key to actually achieving that goal that you said was most important. So for any outcome you want, you do the very hard work. What are the one or two human actions that would have the biggest impact on this goal? And instead of trying to do 100 things, you do those two things narrowly well. And those two things give you for achieving the goal that you chose. Number three is creating a compelling scoreboard. Shalom, I think I, I've been in leadership 44 years. I have a long term as 12 years as CEO of a very large company and now 13 years with Franklin Covey. I think I can say this with credibility. The most overlooked aspect of execution and achievement in all of business is the willingness to keep score in a way that makes people want to play. You know, we, we tend to say, oh, yeah, we'll make a spreadsheet. We'll have a chart. I've got it here in my notebook somewhere. You know, I can tell you the numbers as of yesterday. Just give me a few minutes, you know. But when you and I are watching a game, like a football game, we're riveted to that scoreboard, aren't we? If, it, if we took the scoreboard down, everybody in the stadium would revolt. It's, the, it's just as important as the game. In fact, for many people, the scoreboard is the game. So discipline three is about creating a compelling scoreboard that's not designed by the leaders and handed to a team, but rather is designed by the team itself. So the team can say, hey, this is our board. We, we made this board and they update it every week and it brings an intangible to the execution that seems to be a real X factor. And then last of all, you know, I hope I'm going fast enough. <laughs> Discipline four is about creating a cadence of accountability. Now, if I pause just one moment to say, Discipline one, two, and three are really important. Discipline four 
the most important. You know, one, two, and three kind of create a game plan, but discipline four is the game. It's the playing of the game. And, and what it means in essence is that a leader and a team get together every single week and in a few minutes time, usually about 15 minutes, they make themselves accountable to each other for whether or not they did what they were supposed to do to drive the goal. So, so I'm imagine if you and I were on a team and we're, when we're sitting around a table, it's, you know, Friday morning at eight o'clock, we're only going to be here about 15 minutes. And, and I would say, um, Hey, Shalom, my commitment for next week is that I got two new people on my team and I'm going to get them really trained so that they're onboarded and good to go by the end of the week. Well, one week later, we're going to sit around the same table and I have to say out loud to you and everybody else on our team, whether I did it or not. Can you imagine? Like I say, hey, Shalom, last week I committed to train those two people, but you know, I, I just really didn't get to it. What, what a powerful moment of accountability that is where it starts to feel personal. You know, it's not just professional. So you put those four things together, focus, leverage, engagement, and accountability. Those four things, that's the secret sauce of the four disciplines. So, so important. Again, I've been chatting with Jim Ealing, the co-author of the uh, newly re-released um, and it, again, a bestseller. So congratulations on that. My final question, because you've shared so much, is how the four disciplines of execution can apply in our personal lives as well, because ultimately, especially in this era of COVID, our personal and professional are so intertwined. Yeah, I love that. And I'm going to answer you as a husband, a father, a grandfather, an author, an athlete, you know, everybody has got a whole lot of things they feel they need to be paying attention to. And if we try to pay attention to all of them, Shalom, the real truth of our lives is we don't pay attention to any of them. So do the hard thing. Decide for yourself for the next six months, this is my number one. I can have a number two, three, four, and five. That's okay. But number one is going to get special treatment then think about the actions that would drive that goal, make some sort of a scoreboard, put it on the refrigerator, check off the days when you do it, and find a way to make yourself accountable to someone, whether it's your spouse or your partner or a friend, just make that call every week. To, so I would call you and say, Shalom, listen, I committed to do this and I did it. Build that rhythm of accountability and you can mm -hmm. achieve almost anything. Absolutely. You can. Uh, again, the co-author of The Four Disciplines of Execution, Achieving Your Wildly Important Goals. It's available on Amazon, published by Simon & Schuster, re-released and certainly available wherever books are sold. Um, thank you, Jim Healing from the, uh, from the Franklin Covey organization. Thanks so much for joining us. Come back real soon. Thank you for having me today, Shalom. Thank you. Absolutely. We're going to squeeze in a quick break. More small business jobs and entrepreneurship when we return. Hey, welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Be sure to go to my website, shalomcline.com. That's where you can download podcasts from the past seven plus years of shows. We've got lots of great information over there. Uh, and uh, be sure to click subscribe, rate, review, and share. And be sure to check out my other podcast called We All Serve, where I interview military leaders regarding their time and service. Just had a great conversation with uh, a leader in the Gold Star Mothers organization. Amazing, amazing, inspirational conversation. And we have those conversations on a weekly basis, but you don't want to miss those topics. There, are, there is something there for each and every one of you. And while we're at it, be sure to check out our sponsors of Get Down to Business. Be sure to get in touch with Tom Arabali from healthplanchicago.com. 
Uh, he is, as I always say, a guru, a fantastic resource when it comes to health insurance, health plans, and everything relating to the Affordable Care Act. You will not regret the conversation, and especially in this period um, with the delay of uh, tax filing, um, very important that you understand the tax implications and that you're looking at plans that will help you, your family, and of course, your business as well. And of course, our good friend, Irina Freeman from ChicagoSignatureLimo.com, an amazing, amazing supporter of the program and a resource for all of your transportation needs for Chicago and really nationally as well. So check out ChicagoSignatureLimo.com. So again, we are having this conversation towards the end of April, 2021. And uh, I, like many of our listeners, like many of you, um, I am uh, doing a lot remotely um, and remote work is certainly becoming more popular. In fact, it's something that I think is here to stay. So now that virtual teams are a part of that everyday reality, you know, it can be somewhat daunting to, uh, to develop a work from home team. I just hung up on a call actually with somebody that uh, has 150 people uh, that are all working remotely. So whether you have one person or 150 people, there's a lot of things that you can do to make sure you are building cohesive teams and making sure that you are creating that shared vision, that shared understanding and allowing everybody to work as, uh, as productively as possible. So have you, ever, have you ever participated in a virtual team building happy hour? Um, you may find that it actually increases team building and, and improves company culture. Um, it really gives you an opportunity and your team, again, whether it's one person or, or 500 people, to unwind, talk about anything other than work. Despite its lack of work-related conversation, happy hours actually do a boost engagement at work. You'll find that you're getting to know each other, and that will allow you to work better together. Unfortunately, the COVID pandemic uh, you know, sometimes has had other ideas um, for, uh, for the traditional happy hour at your local bar or pub. But the pandemic shouldn't prevent you from launching a virtual happy hour. It's really easy. You can use a video conference software like Zoom, Skype. You can easily get, easily get the team together for conversation and games. And if that conversation stagnates, which it sometimes does, you want to engage that team building aspect, you can try a few games. It's actually really not that hard to do. Those games should have a casual approach, giving your remote you know, workers, your colleagues, the opportunity to get to know a little bit more about each other. Some popular virtual happy hour games include Show and Tell, Never Have I Ever, Safe for Work Edition, and The Bucket List. These are all things obviously you want to keep it with a professional flavor and a professional theme, um, but it will allow people to see, you know, get to know each other on a more personal level. And there's nothing wrong with the dog barking, the kid crying in the background that actually allows people to understand that it's not all stiff and suits and ties, but there's actually you know, a life behind the person taking those phone calls and responding to those emails at who knows what crazy hours of the day. And whatever you decide to do during that virtual happy hour, just make sure your team interacts, gets, gets to know each other. That's one of the most effective team building activities you'll find. And by the way, if you aren't a drinker, you don't have time to have an after hours happy hour, switch it to a morning social event with coffee. I do that all the time, you know, just having coffee. I've been away for a little while and sometimes I'll just jump on with somebody for even a short period of time and, uh, and share a uh, cup of joe with them. And again, the same rules apply. Keep it professional. Um, and bottom line, you don't need to talk about everything about your personal lives, but certainly being able to show off a little bit of that background and, uh, and not hiding 
uh, the background noises, that's actually a really important piece in terms of productivity, effectiveness, and, uh, and allowing you to be able to work uh, together. And by the way, ask questions, ask questions. It is possible, by the way, to onboard new hires during this period of COVID and to make sure that you are getting to know your employees better. And it doesn't need to just be at a virtual happy hour. Make sure that you are using this time to build your team, to build your surroundings, to make sure that you are building for the future. Because the reality is that uh, that working from home and that, and that uh, remote activity likely here to stay, we would need, we need to make sure that we are building that best environment for the future. So in a moment, we are going to be joined by yet another entrepreneur on the program. Again, you are listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Thanks for tuning in to Get Down to Business. As always, get on my website, shalomkline.com. Follow me on Twitter at shalomkline. We're on all the social media platforms. All of our episodes, all of our interviews are posted on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. So be sure you are clicking subscribe, rate, review, and share. Uh, and uh, as always, I'd love to know your feedback. So get in touch with me, sk at shalomkline.com, or just contact me through my website. I always look forward to hearing from our guests. But again, we're going to squeeze in a quick break. More conversations all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship when we return in just a moment. Welcome back to Down to Business. I've been super excited for this conversation. It's been a long time coming. Uh, Robert Seifert, who's the founder of Investor PO, property list manager, USA Portfolio Real Estate, and a visionary for realestateinvestor.com, joins us here on the program. Welcome, Robert. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. You bet. It is a pleasure. You have uh, well over a decade of experience in uh, the industry and uh, real estate investment, and um, you certainly are the consummate uh, professional and entrepreneur. So, Robert, how did you get started? Uh, well, the funny story, funny short story, I um, got started by not getting started for over a decade. <laughs> so, I definitely uh, spent my time learning, uh, studying rich dad, poor dad, thinking I just had to learn more, learn more, learn more, and I just didn't know enough. And then finally, I you know had a great meeting with a financial uh, mentor. Uh, years and years ago, who basically showed me I was I was trying to please too many things and I wasn't serving one. So I, I burned burned my bridges, so to speak, and went all into real estate about almost a decade ago. And uh, and that was it. I mean, I just started going crazy. Like, well, and and I, the funny part is, I learned more in the action and the failures of doing real estate than I ever did from all the books and courses and things I studied. Wow. Yeah. And that's, that's usually how it is in, uh, in entrepreneurship in general is it's yeah. uh, trial, you know, trial through error and uh, trial through fire, I should say. And that's important. So you've become an innovator. So from learning the industry, which I know you have utilized, which honestly is what has inspired me in, in wanting to explore this conversation, you've used the industry actually to, uh, to give back and to, uh, and to make sure that you are uh, ensuring that your philanthropic and your social uh, mission is uh, is making an impact as well. So, uh, tell us a little bit about the innovation, and then and then we'll transition over to some of the impact that you've been able to have. Yeah, um, the cool thing is, I don't want to come on here and say, "Hey, I'm just a hero and I had it all thought out." The reality is. I started by solving a problem for myself. Uh, I wanted to scale my business. I wanted to take it to multiple markets. And in that, in fixing and solving my own problem, 
and sharing it, I identified that a lot of other people had the same problem. And then that opened the door to, holy cow, there's a massive thing here to help a ton of people, which would help thousands and thousands more. Um, and that's where innovation came in, right? I started, well, how can I take this thing I built for myself that is still complex, but make it simple and user-friendly? And that's what started me down the software road and innovating products that are now solving problems across the industry. Oh, wow. Very, very interesting. So I mentioned a moment ago the uh, philanthropy and involvement in community, which I know is a uh, is a key part of sort of your identity. Um, you establish a mentorship program and, of course, business coaching. So it's not just about your investments and it's not just about um, you. And I know you're surrounded by a fantastic team. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, the people that you've been able to impact and uh, and all those uh, that are now walking around as proud alums of that real estate investor platform. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, it's the internal team, right? We grow by having amazing people. So I, I can't take any credit for all the amazing people that we have around us. Um, we spend our money and our time and resources on those people to develop them into better leaders themselves. Um, so we have over 90 employees and staff across the nation, across the world. Um, we have a lot overseas. From that, though, we're able to impact and impart all the different people who affect real estate. So that not only does that affect people who buy houses, sell houses, agents that list houses, it affects the homeowners that are potentially selling and looking for a solution. It affects the people looking for their next home. It affects the contractors across the country looking for more work to be able to do. It affects the property managers that are renting great quality products to quality tenants, right? So it affects so many more thousands of people by making all of those people more efficient with the tool services and processes we provide. They're able to provide a better experience for all those people and then take that to another level. It allows all of them, including ourselves, to enjoy our philanthropic ventures like building things in other countries for you know, um, impoverished societies or helping movements like Underground Railroad, uh, Operation Underground Railroad that's saving kids and children, right? And you can't invest in those things unless you've made money yourself. Um, so it helps to make more money so that you then can invest in the things that you want to help in this world. I'm chatting with Robert Seifert um, from uh, The Visionary at realestateinvestor.com. And uh, of course, we'll make sure our listeners know how they can get a hold of you. And Robert, you alluded to this a moment ago. I know it hasn't all been fun and games. So if I can ask, what is that one lesson, that one takeaway um, that you wish you knew when you started that you know now, uh, whether it's real estate related or just honestly running a business? I'm going to give you two, but they're part and part. They actually equal one. Uh, so one, the, the two biggest lessons are number one, focus. Uh, it's so easy to chase shiny objects and lose focus, and you'll never get to where you want to get without singularity focus. So you have to focus on the one thing. And then behind that focus, you have to put so much drive, determination, and perseverance and persistence into it that you see it through until, until it's done, right? Tony Robbins said, great. When are you going to stop a baby from trying to walk? You're not. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, the business. That, that's so important. That's so important. And uh, again, for all of our entrepreneurs that are out there uh, chatting with uh, Robert Seifert from realestateinvestor.com and uh, it's some really good information. We're going to squeeze in a quick break in a moment and uh, we'll talk some more about some of the tools um, that you have uh, positioned 
um, for uh, for the uh, for the many folks that have come through your mentorship program. I know you spend a lot of time, including on the marketing side, and teaching them how to uh, how to succeed in all areas of real estate investment. And as we said, trial through fire, trial through error. So I know that there's been good days. There has been bad days as well. So Robert. Um, Join, uh, stick around for another minute. Um, we will be back on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship in a moment. Get on my website, shalomkline.com. That's where you download podcasts for many conversations with amazing entrepreneurs, many of which you heard on today's program. So again, quick break. We'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. More small business jobs and entrepreneurship when we return. Welcome back. Rejoined by Robert Seifert from realestateinvestor.com. And it's funny, um, Robert, actually, uh, just before you came on, I was chatting with uh, producer Josh over here and we were talking about the weather. And uh, I know you uh, you certainly have uh, have made that, uh, that transition from cold weather into uh, sunny Tampa. So tell us a little bit about your family and the, uh, the real team behind Real Estate Investor. Yeah, as they say, uh, you can singular, you could, you could pinpoint down a great, great entrepreneur by the wife that supports him and the family behind that. Cause without them, nothing's possible. So for me, as my wife, um, when we moved here, we had two dogs. We have one standard poodle. I have a three year old and a lot know or don't know that I also have a 24 year old. So totally different lifestyles and things. And I have a 19 year old niece that we moved into our house over a year ago that lives with me and helps with some of the business that we do. Um, and yeah, the transition was, uh, we grew up in the Midwest, uh, lived in snow and very happy to have spent the last five years in sunshine and palm trees and don't see ourselves going anywhere else. <laughs> well, you've, uh, you've created a, 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 you know, a, a, an important life, uh, and a, a, a life of value, obviously with family and, and allows you to give back. And I know you're positioning others to do the same, which is super important, um, by, uh, creating, as you say, uh, looking for new ways to change the industry, one solution at a time. So Robert, let's get into some of the details over here, your team, your mentorship program, your business coaching services, your, uh, your teaching, uh, everybody, whatever they need to know about real estate investing, as well as, you know, frankly, software solutions as well. Tell us, you know, the, the high level, the reader's digest version about some of the solutions that you provide. Yeah, the simple answer is it all started with the software, right? The the tool uh, replaced people um, at a lot of level and it leveraged automation and technology that's available. So first and foremost, that allows you to do more with less, which is a way to make more money and be more profitable. From there, the next biggest thing you have and where we fill in the gaps is as you start to hire people, we have those services already figured out and plugged into our software. And then no matter where you're at, most likely, including myself, I've hired tons of mentors, tons of coaches in every area of my life, and we provide that. So from a high-level overview, it doesn't matter where you are. We identify where you are in your journey and where you want to go, and then we help through coaching fill in all those gaps, whether it's a mindset issue, a tracking scorecard issue, a CEO running a business, a metrically issue. We have the coaching platform that's going to be able to take you from no matter where you are to where you want to go, uh, determined on you, not something that's made up that's cookie cutter, but specifically you. And who should be talking to you? Who should explore the, uh, the joys and the journeys of real estate investing? Truthfully, anyone that if you're like me and you're spending time reading it, digesting it and wanting to do it because you think it's the next thing and you just haven't yet, we can help you. If you're the person that's already closed the deal or a couple of deals, but you can't figure out how to scale that, there's different issues and we can absolutely help you. It's just a different level. Or you're already running a business and now you're figuring out how to free up your time. Again, 
we can help you. So if you have a, a thought about doing real estate or you're doing real estate and you just know that you could be doing it better, any of those scenarios, we can absolutely help you, help you at realestateinvestor.com. Well, you're called a visionary for a reason and uh, you are changing lives um, all the time. So Robert, we were just about out of time. How can people get a hold of you and perhaps learn about some of the solutions that, uh, that your team has put in place? Yeah, the absolute easiest way is to just go over to realestateinvestor.com and right in the middle of the page, whether you're looking for tools, services, or coaching, click either and it'll take you down the right journey for you with our team and exploration. Fantastic. Realestateinvestor.com. Again, I've been chatting with Robert Seifert. And um, uh, final question for you with uh, the transition from uh, from uh, the cold uh, winters in, in Michigan to sunny Tampa. Uh, favorite place that you've been in the world? Ooh, uh, Jamaica. Okay. Had to end on that positive note um, uh, with uh, with some nice weather and uh, sunny palm trees and all that good stuff. So Robert Spifford, realtinvestor.com. I encourage all of our listeners to get a hold of you and your team. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us on the program. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. And as always, get on my website, shalomkline.com. We'll be back next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM560. The answer you can always get on your favorite podcast app to download shows all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship over seven plus years of episodes. Success. Let's get down to business.